Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. I want to talk about the first ever preaching in, in the church. Why? Because our meetings, preachings are so important part of our meetings, but a lot of people don't know. A lot of churches are built around singing songs. I believe that teaching and preaching must take precedence in every Christian meeting. Even prayer meeting, there must be teaching. Teaching and preaching, the only thing that can guarantee revival and preserve the church is when there's always preaching. And I'm not talking about junk. I'm not talking about motivational speaking. Please, exempt you. Remove yourself from those kind of stuff. It does not build. It doesn't edify. It just tantalizes your, ear, your, your mind. It just stimulates your mind, but it's not doing anything to your spirit. In the book of Acts, that is the first century church. When the church was born, to look at the way they behave. We have to look at the way they behave to determine how we behave. In the book of Acts, there were 19 preachings. Eight by Peter, one by James, one by Stephen, nine by Paul. One out of every four verses in Acts is preaching. One out of every four. Can you imagine? I'm, t- I'm teaching you something. The entire book of Acts was about the birth of the church and how the early church did things. And one out of every four verses is preaching. So that tells you that the role preaching played in the early church. No wonder they were vibrant and nothing could stop them. Yeah. One out of every four. 25% of the book of Acts is hot Bible sermons. Hot sermon. Based on Bible. Hot sermon. 25% of the book of Acts. Why have our generation downplayed preaching? And we have replaced it with music. Peter. Jesus asked Peter. Are you guys also going to leave? When he preached a powerful message in John chapter 6. Verse 64, 65, 66. It says that, are you also going to, Bible says from that time, from 63, from that time, many of his disciples, from that, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Why? 60. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is an hard saying. Who can hear it? Hey, the thing he says is teaching is too hard. It's too hard. Look at the impact of that statement. Verse 66. 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So, when people leave church, this is not a sign that the church is bad. Sometimes they are not, their hearts are not interested in what the church has to offer. Jesus, verse 67. Jesus said unto the twelve, will you also go away? Listen to the response. He said, Simon said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have got the worst. It's your message that makes us stay with you. Because we, are, we, we, mean, we need 
God and it's your message. Not your music. Not your sportings. Your sports, your dressing. Not your phonetics. Not your niceness. Because he had just said hard things that people said, no, who come? We are going, no? We are going. The land needs people who, who, who give themselves to pure gospel to birth some genuine results in their lives. Amen. Yeah. To who shall we go? You have got the words of eternal life. We are here. Follow. We won't go anywhere. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, the church must be, must, must be given to true <clears throat> biblical preaching. Biblical preaching. So when the church was born, the first activity of the church after the Holy Ghost came, Acts chapter 2, you know, you remember, when the Holy Ghost came on them, they started speaking in tongues. And then everybody, people who have come, United Nations were there, verse 5. United Nations had everyone in there. And they baffled. They said, I didn't know all these Galileans. How can we hear them in our own language? And, and they, they marveled at all these things. And then the verse 13 some said, these guys are drunk. They are drunk. Then Peter, in verse 14, he got up. That's where the message started. Look. But Peter, standing with the 11, you must stand with others, not yourself. They were a team. Not that he stood up, but standing is not just taking a standing position, but they were all in agreement. He was standing with them. Team up with them. And so he was the spokesperson, but they, they, are, they were in agreement. He was standing with the 11 and began to say that lifted his voice. That's what preaching should do. Don't be talking. No, lift your voice. <laughs> yeah. He spoke. He lifted his voice and spoke out lifted his voice and said unto them, he was preaching the people who are also saying what they want to say about the church. He spoke to them and said, ye men of Judah and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be, uh, be, uh, be this known unto you and hearken to my, you see the preacher, listen to me. Preacher must be able to tell, listen to me. <laughs> After the Holy Ghost came on him, he said, listen to me. I've got something to say. All those timid preachers. Biblical preaching doesn't give you a chance to make up your mind. It tells you. And then when he finished, he said, you have crucified Jesus. There's a lot packed in here. <laughs> All right, let's look at this. So listen to me. Watch this. Verse 15, is, it will be of interest. These, for these are not drunk as ye suppose, seeing it is but third hour of the day. NIV. For these men are not drunk, as ye suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Look at verse 16. This is very interesting. But this is that which was spoken by Ha. Ah. He said, what is happening? He quickly takes them to scripture. What pastor is it that you are preaching and you don't start with scripture? Some pastors don't even, they just mention scripture. So, for instance, for, um, you know, as we all know, for God so, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, that is where, then you go on. Bad preacher! Bad preacher! 
Stop just mentioning it. Open it and read it. Let people see what the Bible is saying. Don't mention it. Many preachers don't quote scriptures. What find this speakable is when preachers' messages are loaded with wise sayings, motivational speakings, quoting all kinds of people. And pastors want to sound very intelligent. So you have to appeal to the minds of people, but not to their spirits. Quote all kinds of people. But you are bankrupt in Bible quotations. You can quote a lot of other people. It is not evil in itself, but it is not edifying. Peter started. One of the ways to actually have a good sermon is let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter. Start. So he said, when he started, he said, this is, let's go to Joel chapter 2. <laughs> he said, this is what Joel said. Who said? Joel. This is what was spoken by prophet Joel. Then watch this. He quoted. See, he didn't paraphrase it all. He quoted. He said, let me, I don't know whether he read it or what, but he quoted it. It's like reading it. This is, and then he quoted directly from Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. I can't hear. In the last days. In the last day. The previous verse. Verse 16. This is what was spoken by. Who spoke? But when you, you quoted what Joel said, he said, it's God who said it looks like there are two authors or two people who spoke. One was God. They are saying the same thing. So who actually spoke? God is the main author, author of scripture. So capital A. And the prophet is small A, authors. God will not do it alone. He will do it through man. So he was like, a, Joel was like a spokesman. He was like a spokesperson. God was the one speaking. So the spokesman said, then he quoted God. This is, for I will pour out the seed of the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall, uh, yesterday I spoke about this, isn't it? Yeah, shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servant and my handmaidens, I'll pour, my, I'll, I'll pour in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy and and it will, it, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon. This is all quoting from Joel. Blood before the great and the notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So he quoted Then end of quote. Verse 22. Ye men of Israel. <laughs> he has a lot to tell them, but he quoted first. Then he finished. He said, Ye men of Israel. He read from the Bible. Ye men. Then he said, Jesus of Nazareth. Then he started talking about Jesus. You see, they're good preaching. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved. Of God amongst you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves know. So he was talking to them now. 
He has finished quoting, he was addressing them. Are you learning how to preach? (laughs) He was applying it to them, he was addressing them. Look at the next verse. Him being delivered by the, oh, this is too good. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Do you know what it means to deliver? He just, take it. He was handed over. So it was God who handed him over. That's what he's trying to say. God is the one who delivered him. He said, God delivered him by ye. Uh, ye have taken and by wicked, lawless killing. The greatest crime of humanity is the execution of Jesus. Lawless, innocent man, you by wicked and crucified and slain. But it was God who delivered him. So he spoke about the crucifixion of Jesus. Did you notice that? He spoke about Jesus, then he spoke about his crucifixion. Then he spoke about his burial. The next verse. A crucifixion burial, and then God raised him. His living, his crucifixion, his resurrection. Hey, this guy was preaching all. But you know, you just read the story, so you don't know what's going on. Whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that it should, he should be holding by it, of it. So death couldn't hold him. Because God said, no, death cannot. And then look at what he did again. Then he starts cross-referencing. He had to quote other scriptures to back what he was saying. Oh man, the guy is a preacher. He quoted other scriptures. You know, look at for David spoke concerning him. I then he quoted from David. For I foresaid the Lord before my face. He is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Is that not what we just saw? He, he, these people they don't have anything to say but what the Bible is saying. Don't go to a church and, in fact, TV or internet. A pastor who is not quoting from scripture is not worth listening to. A church that will always be singing. They are singing and singing. When you finish, all the the time is gone. (laughs) The next verse. Therefore did my heart rejoice. This is still David. My heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover also, my flesh shall rest in hope. Go ahead. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. He is the holy one talking about Jesus. See, holy one. But this is quotation of David. So when David, the point he's trying to say is, David spoke about it, but he wasn't speaking about himself. He was speaking about the Messiah you people killed. David said that he will resurrect again. So he was now quoting reference, uh, referencing scripture to back the case of the resurrection. Neither will thou suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Thou, shall, uh, thou, thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with, my, uh, with thy countenance. Men, then he, after quoting, he turns back to them again. Men and brethren, let me freely speak. Some translation says, let me boldly tell you. I will say free. Without fear of political incorrectness. Let me free, as long as you are staying in scripture. Let me freely speak <laughs> unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried and his bones, sepulchre, is still here today. David, go there, you see his bone is there. So when he said, you will not see your, except for your holy one, he is the one who said it. But he has corrupted, corrupted fully. 
So that cannot mean David. He said, I'm telling you, David is there though. He's there, he's born, he's supposed to We all know that the guy is rotten. So when he said, he was trying to say, he quoted David, he said, it's not the David he was talking about. Wow. The next verse quickly. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God has sworn an oath to him that of the fruit of his loin, according to the flesh, he will raise up, uh, up Christ to sit on his right hand, David being a prophet, and seeing this before, before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see God. Did you see that? He's preaching. He's preaching to the people who said they are drunk. <laughs> let's go to the next verse this Jesus has God raised up wherefore we are all witnesses then he goes back to scripture again so he keeps making reference then he quotes Psalm 10 verse 1 look at it therefore being at the right hand of God exalted and having received of the father the promise of the Holy Spirit he has shed, on, uh, he has shed forth this which you now see. So what you are seeing, Jesus has gone and he has sent on. Go to the next verse. Let me show you something. For David did, <laughs> David is not ascended into heaven, but he, he saith himself, but he saith himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. You know, this, for your information, this quote, this scripture, Psalm 10, Psalm 110, verse 1 is the most quoted Old Testament scripture in the New Testament. You remember Jesus said, whose son is the Messiah? If he's son, why did he say that the Lord said to my Lord? Yeah. Jesus himself even quoted this scripture. So, watch this. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make that. The Lord and my Lord. The Lord. So, God the Father said to my Lord, who is God the Son? So Acts chapter, back to Acts chapter 2, so I can wrap up. For David is not ascended, but he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make thy foe thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assured that, that, that God has made the same Jesus whom you crucified. He quoted, quoted scripture, he quoted scripture, and then fired at them. Quote, and fired them. <laughs> Can you imagine the way to catch their heart? The same Jesus who you crucified. God has made him both Lord and Christ. So he caught and fire. He caught and fire. He caught and fire. Don't be afraid of the people. <laughs> but we read it. Some of them will kill you. <laughs> Let's finish. Let's finish. No, he didn't even finish preaching. The way he referred the thing to them, it cut their hearts. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. Give me Nuki James. They were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren. <laughs> Good preaching. <laughs> He didn't say, I used to be a fisherman and I was always timid, but today look at me. <laughs> That's not preaching. <laughs> the people themselves said, Ah, what shall we do? Then he went to tell that. Then Peter said to them, Repent 
repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Look at the next verse. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are for as many as the Lord will. So it's about who God is calling. He's putting there. Some people will not listen because God hasn't called them. Yeah, the promise for those God and call. Remember, for those he foreknew, he also predestined. Those he predestined, he called. He said, the promise is for those who are called. It's not everybody. And then Bible said, when they heard this, the same day, that's one of the best. With many other, so he continue again. With many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. This generation that likes sex like that. This pornography grading generation. Be saved from it. Yes. Be saved from it. It's a perverse generation. But you need to be saved from the perverse generation. Jesus is the savior of the world. Be saved. John 4, 42. He's the savior of the world. He's the savior of the world. He said, and John 4, for we, we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the savior of the world. Be saved from this perverse generation. For Acts chapter um, 4, verse 11 and 12, for that, verse 12, for there's no other name given amongst men that men should be saved except the name Jesus. No other name. My mind, by the say, give you a moment. For there is, there is, for, uh, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given amongst men by which we must be saved. And every human being must be saved. So it's not only saving you from the judgment of God, but it's also saving you from the perverse generation. So he says that, verse 40 again he said that with many other words he didn't finish preaching they, they interjected his preaching because the word cuts them to the heart and they say we want this save us Lord and he says that exhorted be saved from this perverse generation if Peter's time was perverse generation where 9 a.m. people were not drunk <laughs> <laughs> You could not be drunk at 9 a.m. But our generation. He said, be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved from this perverse, because it's destroying, it's ruining your life. Satan is behind it to ruin your life, to strip you of your dignity, to strip you of your peace. Your future is in turmoil. Your future is endangered. Because this life will give you heads in future. You will never have a peaceful future. But God wants to bless somebody. So he said, be saved from this perverse generation. The Bible says that for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That, sa- that being saved, he said, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall believe unto righteousness. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto. So when you believe righteousness, justification, but for you to actually be saved from this perverse generation, be saved in you. Jesus is everything to us. He's God. 
his man, his grace, his blessing, his peace, his joy, his breakthrough. When you call on his name, he becomes everything that you need in God. And you are saved from religion. You are saved from frustration. You are saved from, from addiction. You are saved from pornography. You are saved from masturbation. I have to close now. <laughs> Amen. So that was the first Christian preaching. The greatest sermon next to the sermons of Jesus. Preached by a man. And it started from the scripture. And he cross-referenced, kept going back to the scripture. And he applied it to them. And he called them unto repentance. He said, listen to me. He's not suggesting. He said, listen to me. He preached to them. He said, you have crucified you. Not somebody. You, the ones you, you have. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.